Right, my turn to say it this week. So. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Mental Health in Movies. when you said that. <laughs> Should I do it in the um, the trailer style? Welcome to Mental Health in Movies. It almost sounded like you were trying to do that the first time around. <laughs> I've still got a bit of a cold. Like, <laughs> um, Are we going to introduce ourselves every time as well? Um, aye, we can do. Go on then, who are you? <laughs> that's, that's a deep question to start with. <laughs> Just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Your name is fine. I'm Scott McPherson. I'm Dan Wander. Um, and this time we are talking about Planes, Trains and Automobiles uh, from 1987, starring Steve Martin and John Candy. So where are we going to start with this? I, I guess with the... Um, I guess start with the the message that we always kind of talk about that all films that um, involve humans or human experiences have to deal with mental health experiences because you can't separate a person from mental health experience. So although this film is not ostensibly about people who have mental illness, it is very much about mental health experiences, mental well-being experiences. Yeah, and, and there's a lot in there. You know, I mean, it's maybe worth saying that we did... Um... We uh, showed this at the, the Belmont Cinema uh, in Aberdeen just last week um, and had a discussion with it with an audience uh, afterwards. Um, and there's a lot in there in terms of human experiences that are totally relevant um, to kind of how we experience uh, our, our mental health. Um, and it, I really enjoyed seeing the film again, actually, because I've not seen it in maybe about sort of 15 years or something like that. So I, I really enjoyed revisiting it. And, a good time of year to do it as well. Uh, it's a quite a, a festive film. Um, I mean, it, I was one, and maybe the, one of the first things I noticed about the film was, I guess, Steve Martin's character, uh, Neil, and how the film quickly throws you into this sense of feeling really rushed really quite stressed. I think that the film actually starts with him looking at his watch. I think he's in a, in a meeting and he's already thinking about the the next stuff that he has to do, you know what I mean, in terms of kind of getting a taxi, getting on a flight, getting back home. Um, and it just made me think about that kind of, I don't know, maybe the, the nature of society that, I mean, this film was in kind of 1987, but I think it's probably true today. Maybe you could argue that because of the pandemic, we've had to rethink some things, but there is that sense of being quite, quite rushed. And I do wonder if we sort of take our minds too far away from the moment, that can be quite kind of detrimental to us. You know, I mean, if we're thinking either too far in the past or too far in the future, you know what I mean? Essentially thinking about stuff that we maybe kind of can't control. Yeah, kind of it, the, um, the, the value of staying in the present. Mm -hmm. I think you know that certainly that's uh, that's something that um, that we we try and kind of focus on in my cognitive behavioral therapy work mm -hmm. is kind of staying staying in the present as much as possible. And you know, we, of course, we can learn from the past, and we can um, we can make 
some plans for for the future as long as we're flexible enough to to understand that actually you know sometimes other things get in the way and those those plans might not work out as we expect but but worrying about things in the future is, is something that people commonly do and ruminating on stuff in the past is something that we also do and those things can mm-hmm. usually negative um, impacts on our mental health and I was just thinking about the irony of you you talking about that kind of staying in the present and not um not being so rushed <laughs> in that but like you you're literally just rushing me onto this meeting and then saying right let's <laughs> let's rattle through this in this amount of time let's get this get this done really quickly you're you're living in that in that thing that you're just talking about being really negative I, I totally I mean that that's, that's absolutely a fair point and I think that's that's maybe why it's the first thing that I've kind of um decided to speak about because I think that's something I connected with literally from the first shot of the film I was like I I'm totally doing that I am thinking kind of a few steps ahead all the time and trying to squash in as much uh, into my life as, as possible and absolutely I think Sometimes I get the benefit of like thinking, oh, I did quite a lot today. But then I think absolutely like you're saying, Scott, you know, I mean, I do get that sense of if I just stopped to breathe a little bit, if I just stopped to kind of be in the moment, that might be a, a bit kind of better for me. Uh, but maybe yes. that's the balance, you know what I mean? Because would you would you get anything done if it wasn't for me hounding me? <laughs> I was I was just gonna say this. Well, I was gonna say similar that maybe, maybe that's a balance between us because. I think I I tend to be less kind of um, rushed, less worried about about the future. You know, more about just kind of okay, like what do what I can do, but you know, need to do these things as well. Need to kind of balance out just having some time, having having space to to just be in that. But um, but yeah, I wasn't going to say I would get nothing done without you. I think that's a massive stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, I think that that notion of feeling stressed and, and pushed and stuff is is definitely present throughout the film. I think within um, within Neil's character, particularly, and I mean, it maybe brings us into what, one of the, the next themes. I mean, it, like I think this is this is where you could argue that some of the like why any film is is relevant to mental health because we're social animals and. Films often have relationships between people, yeah. uh, and particularly in this film, we've got two very different characters: uh, Neil, played by Steve Martin, and Dell, played by uh, John Candy, um, that sort of end up thrust together on a kind of a journey of misadventure. I guess you know, what I mean, a journey both try to get to a similar place, but things going kind of wrong, and we've got very different ways of relating to each other and. Uh, very different ways, I think, of responding to stress. I, mean, I remember that's something that, that you picked up yourself, Scott, when we were talking at the Belmont. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I um, wondered if Neil's view of the world is that, it, you know, he takes quite an external kind of locus of control, um, you know, that, if, you know, things have conspired against him, other people have conspired against him, you know, Dell has made his life a, a misery, uh, you know, it's made it difficult. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't readily kind of look at himself and, and his own responsibility or accountability where and Adele, Adele takes much more of an internal locus of control. I think he, you know, he, he looks at the situation and says, okay, this is, this isn't a great situation, but what can, what can we do about it now? He gets really practical really quite quickly. And Neil, Neil stays in that kind of woe is me um, mm-hmm. uh, mode for, for, 
Well, it, we don't really see Dell doing a lot of that at all. He he, he gets so practical. He he sorts out the um. Well, he he sorted out hiring a, a van in the first place that he's yeah. going to take. Um, um. Sorry, I'm I, I'm getting to. Uh, now I've got mixed up with John Candy because we, me and the kids watched Home Alone the other night. There was a way to say he sorts out a van where, um, to take the mother home. I just like, watched but, that uh, a couple of days ago as well. Did you? We, yeah. Uh, but, um, but actually that's John Candy's character. I forget what his character is called in that. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, he does similar in, in this film where he um, he sorts out the hire car where, uh, later in the film to, to get going. He sorts out a, a big truck where they, they sit back in the freezer compartment and stuff. Never brilliant, but he's always the one who's kind of getting things moving again, who's, who's getting them on the road again. Yeah. He's starting out hotels and stuff for them as well. And kind of wonder about, you know, what, what might happen to Neil otherwise. You know, he probably yeah. he, he just spends kind of all that time in the ho- in the um, airport just waiting and, uh, and becoming more and more stressed and more and more touchy with people maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the, the stoic kind of virtues, isn't it? You know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. sort of letting go of that which you, you can't control. Um, and I think like w- when people think about stoicism, they sometimes kind of misunderstand it and think about it's like not feeling, but yeah. we're humans, you know what I mean? We do feel it's about essentially not feeling excessively or not dwelling on things, you know what I mean? Because I think we all have those immediate emotional responses to things, um, which are quite important, you know what I mean? So we understand ourselves and kind of our world. Um, but certainly Neil does seem to get very stuck and he seems to kind of wall. He does, you're right, he doesn't seem to really adapt to change uh, that well at all. He seems to become very frustrated. Whereas I think it's, it's almost the, I think it's maybe even the first time they're, I try to th- think of the, the path of the film, but are they trying to get to Chicago? And then they end up la- landing, is it in Wichita or something like that instead? Yeah, yeah I think that's and right. I think at, at that point, you know, I mean, Steve Martin's got his head in his hands. He's so frustrated. Um, but then Dell, he's already organized a hotel and a, a taxi. And then he kind of, he allows uh, kind of Neil to sort of uh, chum along with him. Um, yeah, so like, and that's where we often talk about there's always an element of sort of, ourselves that kind of influences how our, our own mental health you know what i mean how we, we think and, and feel you know what i mean in terms of our responses to events and that's it i know that's the bit it's in kind of uh, cbt as well isn't it you know what i mean there's a situation and then there's your thinking around it and that's the bit that it's like it's not a given that you would think a certain thing or think a yeah, certain that's way right. that's what um what beck beck sadly died just um just a yeah. few weeks back but he, um, yeah, he said it's not events themselves that make us feel the way we do. It's the way we interpret those events. Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah. Aaron Beck, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking so folk don't think uh, Beck, the singer. That, I, do, I do love the Beck, Odelay, the singer. He's, he's, quite a, he's quite a deep thinker as well, I think, that Beck. But, um, not no, the, no not the pioneer as as of CBT. No. no. <laughs> and uh, very much still alive, uh, the singer, I believe. Yeah. Um. Thinking about um, Neil and Dell as well, there's not only their, I guess, different responses to stress, um, and certainly Dell seems quite adaptive. I think there's there's one of those moments where, because he he sells uh, curtain hooks, and then there's a beautiful kind of uh, comedy scene where he's 
he's getting folk to sort of think that they're earrings and stuff like that and selling them is, is absolutely whatever. You could definitely argue about the ethics of that, um, but he's, he's very adaptive. Yeah, he, he turns to that strength in the in the moment of crisis, doesn't he? You know, mm-hmm. you know where where Neil is just, you know, his his world's collapse. You know, the, the way he's looking at things is just everything's terrible. This couldn't be worse. He's he's stuck in that negative mode, mm-hmm. and and Dell's really turned. You know, he, he's just turned to his strength. What what can I do? I, I'm I'm a really good salesman. I'm going to sell yeah. these as something else, and he does it, and he makes a load of money, and they're able to eat, and they're able to you know do other things with that money. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not always possible. I think that it's important to to say that we're we're not saying that um, all all mental health problems are a result of people not um, not using their strengths or not you know being yeah. um, not not thinking in the right way or not. That's that's not what we're saying. It's not what CBT says either. Often people misunderstand CBT as kind of saying you know like oh just look at the positive or you know just think about it. It's completely not about that. It's um, it's something different. It's about thinking about is there another way to look at this? It's taking perspectives and stuff, but it's also recognizing that sometimes things are just shit, and that, you know there's yeah, yeah. absolutely you know, it's, it's okay. It's you know it's all right to feel what you feel, and um, but yeah, that I mean that that's that's definitely what's going on there, isn't it? In that, in as much as the, these guys don't have diagnosed mental health issues, as far mm-hmm. as we know, um. But in, in that moment, then Dell Del turns to his strengths. We're not really sure. I'm not really sure. What, what are Neil's strengths? I'm not sure we see kind of much of his strengths coming through in the film. I mean, he, he certainly comes across as um, maybe the most kind of, I'm trying to think of the words. You know, I mean, I think he does seem, I, I was supposed to say difficult to relate to, but I, I find it easy to relate to his sense of stress. But He's maybe not, the, he's certainly not the most likable character within the film. I mean, um, Dell, and it's maybe about John Candy as the actor as well, you know, I mean, he's this big, warm, cuddly guy, and he, he certainly brings that in his performance. Um, but uh, Neil, Steve Martin's character, always seems stressed, frustrated, quite intolerant of kind of people around him, you know, I mean, he's sort of, yeah. um, he's quite, he's quite abusive to the, the woman, you know, what I mean, when he's, he's got his car, car rental and stuff like that. And I think that that scene, actually, where there's, uh, I think, fuck is said how many times or something like that. I think that's the, the whole reason the film's got an R rating, you know, what I mean, yeah. I think it would have been a, a kind of PG-13 or something. Uh, probably that. My, like childish me, that, that's probably my favourite scene in the entire film. <laughs> yeah. He plays yeah. that so well. But, um, but then, uh, yeah, interestingly, like when when Neil gets back to his family at the end, I guess all the way through, you know, through his family, maybe we see some of his strength. We, we don't see it when, when we see him on screen, but we see that his wife really cares for him. She's wait, waiting up for to hear from him. His kids are kind of looking to, to hear from him. And, and when he comes in the door, his kids are so excited to see him. His family are really excited. His, you know, a really warm embrace between him and his wife and stuff, mm-hmm. really loving moments there. Maybe maybe there are strengths that we don't see around him as really good dad and a you know really yeah. good husband and stuff. I think that's a really important point to raise, isn't it? Because I think so often um, when we look at people's kind of mental health, we're maybe not taking the context into consideration. And mm-hmm. like throughout the film, you know, what I mean, it does look incredibly stressful. You know, what I mean, every sort of plan seems to go wrong. Um, you know, what I mean, from kind of planes being landed in different places to then cars bursting into flames and stuff like that in the middle of motorways like so 
everything seems to go wrong. And we have to imagine ourselves in that position. Are we going to be our normal kind of sort of fun-loving, warm, kind of um, adaptive selves? Or are we going to be really pissed off, really angry, really frustrated? So yeah, I, I think that's actually the, the worst version of ourselves. I think that, yeah. I wonder if that's, there's, there's an extra bit of context that's important there in that Neil, Neil is desperate to get back to his family because he loves his family. He wants mm -hmm. to, you know, he, he becomes even more stressed because he's thinking about, constantly thinking about he's letting his family down maybe, where yeah. Dell doesn't have that stress because we find out later on in the, the film, major spoiler here, but find out later on in the film that Dell doesn't have a family, his, his wife died. Yeah. So he doesn't have that. He's rushing to get somewhere, you know, he's rushing to get back to the people he loves. He's like, you know, feeling that he's like letting people down or he's, he's ruining Thanksgiving or whatever. So maybe that's a, a really important part as well. You know, if if we saw Dell and his wife was was alive and he was trying to get back to his family, would we see a different version of Dell as well? Yeah, I absolutely really important point. And yeah, I mean, I think that that maybe gives a, a bit of added context, isn't it? Because Neil's desperately trying to get home to get that sort of connection with his loved ones. But Dell's actually sort of found a connection through Neil that he hasn't really otherwise had. I mean, you see him um, in, uh, I think after they've had, a, they have a big falling out in, in a kind of hotel room. And I think Dell's sitting outside in the car by himself and he's kind of, he's kind of beating on himself. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. getting really frustrated with his way of relating to people and um, saying, oh, you smother people and stuff like that. And like, he's, he's really, really frustrated. So he's definitely, to make that connection but he's just really struggling to do that and yeah like they're absolutely coming they've got different um i guess got the same needs but they're looking for different things aren't they you know that I means the neil's looking to get away from dell for, for a lot of the film you know i mean he's really trying to get rid of him um but you can see that kind of dell's really quite enjoying that that connection i think there, there's one moment where i think um i think they're having breakfast or something like that and, and Dell's wanting to pay Neil back for something and Neil insists that, like no it's a gift and uh, Dell said no like give me your address I'll make sure I get it back to you and I was just wondering if that's a bit of like oh, I want to kind of be able to keep in touch with this guy but then Neil saying no no it's a gift he's, he's kind of almost maybe maybe that's looking too uh, too deeply into that but I did wonder if that's Dell desperately seeking that connection and Neil being like no no let's kind of uh, just take that as a gift and then we'll, we'll kind of part ways. It could be. I mean, I certainly remember kind of when they're standing outside the train and they're going to part ways and Neil's, mm -hmm. Neil's heading off and, um, and then Dell asks for the address then. And uh, like, I wonder if that, I, I, the way I took it was that that was what was going through Neil's head quite quickly was, shit, I don't want to give this guy my address because he'll probably turn up at my door and mm -hmm. he's the last person I want back at the house. But, yeah. Even then, you know, even at that, once they've been through this, this real kind of journey of of um, disasters together, then he's still like still looking to push this guy away. Still, yeah. a, I think he's a bit, bit ashamed of him. But yeah, like, oh, this is you know, I'm, I'm better than this guy. You know, I wouldn't want to to kind of show him off, or you know, wouldn't want anybody to see me with this guy. But then he kind of comes f full circle with that at the end, where. Um, where then he, he brings him to his family, he, he goes, yeah. he thinks about him on the train, thinks about the stuff that he's, the little kind of signs when Dell's um, said he hasn't been home in ages and stuff like that. And then he realizes, oh, actually, maybe this guy doesn't have a family. Maybe he's still just sitting around in that 
yeah. um, in the train station with, with nobody to nowhere to go and nobody to see. Yeah. I mean, thinking about the, the importance of relationships for us as, as human beings and thinking about what, what should happen in, in any kind of relationship is if it means something. And certainly by the end of this film, you can see that that relationship has definitely meant something to both of them. Um, and that we should come out of relationships or kind of like once we get into relationships and we've sort of experienced each other to a degree that we should be changed a bit. You know, I mean, there's like if relationships matter to us, then we will inevitably be changed as a result of our interactions with people. And I think you certainly see that they've both got very different ways of interacting with people. And um, probably you could argue that some are kind of very healthy for each of them and some are quite unhealthy you know i mean i think talking about neil's uh, inflexibility and kind of dell's very kind of flexible but uh, neil's kind of quite kind of introverted he's quite sort of dismissive he's quite yeah. kind of like likes his own space and his own quiet whereas you could argue that dell's kind of he's a bit overbearing at times you know what i mean he's maybe not seeing that he's annoying neil and kind of crossing his boundaries and stuff like that but at the end of the film, they, they do have that sense of it, maybe it's an increased empathy with each other. You know, I mean, really understanding each other's experiences and they are changed. And I mean, I think about that folk that I've worked with um, doing therapy and stuff like that, or even like students, you know, what I mean, that I've worked with, even yourself, Scott, you know, what I mean, I think you're definitely a better person than when I first met you. Because um, you see that, that influence. I that, that was where that was going. <laughs> I started smiling as I was saying that because I was like, it's a really good opportunity for a wee, for a wee dig. Um, but I think like, I mean, I would argue that, you know, I mean, I'm a different person from when I first met you and stuff as well. And there's definitely some of that reciprocal kind of um, changing, you know what I mean, that, that happens in any kind of relationship. I mean, it should, it should. Yeah, I mean, the first time I met you, uh, I was in the mentor role and you were in the student role. That's so right. I, yeah, I, essentially, you, I, I'm your Obi Wan. <laughs> you, you play in that power card. I knew that. Okay. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. That that was a, a week that I spent me in. I don't remember much at all. I mean, then then you followed me into into lecturing at RGU as well. <laughs> Came to seek my advice and stuff. <laughs> my mentorship again. You know what? I, I can't I can't deny that I did that um, for, <laughs> for a brief uh, a brief period of time. But then the I think the balance of power is, is kind of balanced out now. <laughs> what else are we going to say about this film? Um, I guess, uh, you know, emotion and, and empathy is is a really important part, isn't it? I mean, they're, Del, Del tends to kind of wear his, his heart on his sleeve to some extent. Like he talks, you know, talks more readily about kind of how, how he's hurt by Neil's um, tirade at him in the hotel room. Yeah. Where Neil, Neil's tending to try and, he's trying to shove down his annoyance and his anger and stuff for a long time, isn't he? And then it comes out in, a, in an explosive way. You see that really kind of passive yeah. aggressive side of him. But then then we later find out, Odell's got this this other stuff that he's been shoving down as well. He's been yeah. hiding all this, all this heart around his wife. Um, not being here in this um I, I don't know I don't know what it's, what that is but um not wanting to talk about that not you know he, he's he's built this kind of web of lies mm -hmm. um rather than talk about that and presumably that's because of her so 
Yeah, although they, they're very different in lots of ways, I guess that, that's one thread of similarity where they've both been kind of stuffing down these these emotions and that's been quite unhelpful for them. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like the, how honest should we be about what we're feeling? Because I guess, I mean, you could imagine that like Dell's kind of asked about his family and his wife and maybe he's just like, you know what, I don't want to go there just now. So I'm just going to yeah. say uh, my, my wife's fine and stuff like that. I'm not going to open up to that hurt. Um, and I think likewise with uh, with Neil, you know what I mean? He's obviously really frustrated with Dell for a lot of the film and then holds it in for so long until the point where he gets so frustrated um, that he can't hold it in anymore and it just comes out as a torrent of, of abuse at him. Um, and I was thinking about that, I guess the balance between, you know, I mean, making sure our own needs are met, you know, I mean, in terms of, I think we need to be able to communicate with people and let them know what we feel if they are, if we feel like they're sort of crossing it over in our boundaries and stuff like that or making us feel uncomfortable, but then also trying to be mindful of the other person's experience as well. You know what I mean? Now, thinking about the, the sort of one of the uh, best ways to describe kind of mentalizing, you know what I mean? So the, the process of trying to see yourself from the outside you know what I mean? So being aware of your impact on other people and then trying to see other people from the inside. You know what I mean? So really empathizing, trying to understand their human experiences and then trying to imagine what is your impact on other people as well. And, and that's it's not always easy to do because I think certainly I, I know that I get busy and I get tunnel vision sometimes from when my own goals and what I'm trying to do. And then maybe I sometimes forget people around me. So it's it's a human thing. It's not about sort of being perfect all the time but I think it's then about trying to recognize things and then maybe repair things where you, you've not been um, as thoughtful as, as you otherwise could have been. I think that's a good point. I, I don't know. I wonder if that's a good place to end. Don't have much else to say about that. Yeah I because we, like we could talk forever about these things. I mean I'm going to I'm going to mention one more thing because I think it links to the next film that we're going to do as okay. well. Um, in the, uh, so I noticed near the end of the film where Dell is kind of brought to Neil's house and obviously Dell's been um, homeless, you know what I mean? So he's been maybe going hotel to hotel and we get the sense that he's been living out of a suitcase and potentially living on the streets at points. And he goes to Neil's house, which is literally a picture perfect, kind of almost sort of mansion and there's almost this perfect kind of John Lewis advert kind of um, family environment where there's a lot of kind of love and warmth in the air. And I was thinking about the, the element of social comparison that I think we all do, you know, I mean, we look at people around us at what people have got, sometimes in terms of character traits and stuff like that, or sort of possessions and things like that. And as a result, you know, I mean, we either have kind of upward comparisons where we compare ourselves to people that we perceive as better than ourselves, or we have downward comparisons where we might get a sense of feeling better by comparing ourselves that we perceive as being kind of uh, lower. Uh, and I was wondering about how that social comparison might have influenced how, how Neil feels. You know, I mean, maybe thinking that sort of Dell is less than him, does he feel better about himself? And then maybe does Dell feel worse about himself when he, particularly when he sees that big house and that kind of, that, that family environment. Um, I, yeah, think, no, we, I think that's definitely something that we, 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 again, it's that being a social animal, isn't it? We inevitably draw comparisons uh, between ourselves and others. Yeah. We see Dell 
looking quite awkward in in that moment where he's he's just been welcomed into the house. He's kind of shuffling with his hat. And he, um, he's he's looking down rather than kind of making eye contact and stuff. Yeah, and I, I know that we, when we had the discussion when we showed the film, I I wondered, you know, what happens after that. You know, Dell comes in for Thanksgiving, maybe stays the night. And then, then is he back out to the train station again? You know, sitting alone, kind of, li- you know, living his life the way he was before, or, you know, you know, what changes for for Del from then? Mm-hmm. It's difficult to imagine that uh, that he just lives there forever with them. I guess you, you could have you could have some sort of you know a bunch of sequels. You know, like the um, I've not seen them, but what, what are those car movies? Um, Oh, the, the Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> they have like 12 planes, trains and automobiles, like all um, recounting kind of the, the scrapes that Dell and Neil get into because they live together as an odd couple with, yeah. uh, with all Neil's family as well. But, um, but it's difficult to imagine that that's what happens. You know, even though Neil's got a big house, pro- probably that awkwardness gets in the way. You know, Dell's awkwardness about kind of, been reminded every day or oh, these guys have got this perfect life and yeah he, you know here i am even though he he sometimes struggles to to see that that he's been a bit overbearing or you know the impact he's having on people looks looks like he pretty um he pretty well knows that from the moment he walks in that door that he, he's the odd one out here he doesn't really belong yeah. so um yeah i i imagine that then he's he's not there for very long yeah. And then, yeah, what, how, how does that impact both of them after that? Yeah. How do, I, how do they keep in touch now? How, how does, how does Neil keep in touch with Dell then? Like it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's before, before the advent of kind of, you know, everybody having a mobile phone. So, um, and, and if Dell's living on the road, then it's probably, probably quite difficult to kind of keep in, in contact with. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's maybe a nice sort of transition into briefly introducing the the next film that we're going to do because i think there's there's definitely more from clean strains and automobiles that we could have discussed regarding like social determinants of health and stuff like that you know i mean the impact of not having kind of um shelter and kind of human connection around you all the time but um the next film that we are going to do which i've been trying to get you to watch for probably a a few years scott is uh, tokyo godfathers it's funny. It's a it's a film that really appeals to me as well, but I just I've just never got around to it. It's just one of those those things. It's not yeah. like oh, it's going to be a chore to watch that. I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I mean it, the reason like I've just suggested this because um, I, I just learned that it's so it's on Netflix now, and I thought that this might be a good thing to do as well. You know, I mean, we know that films are definitely accessible on on Netflix, and people can watch it uh, certainly before we we do the the next podcast. So it's. Tokyo Godfathers, uh, a 2003 animation directed by Satoshi Kon. Um, that's probably completely wrong pronunciation and stuff like that. I hope he doesn't ever uh, listen to this. Uh, but it's, it's a fantastic film and certainly there's a lot. I, I don't want to tell you anything about it other than you should watch it. And there's definitely a lot of social issues uh, and how they, they relate to, to mental health in there. I think that, that would be great if people want to watch the film um, before we uh, before they listen to the next episode and then if you want to get in touch with us through um through our twitter or um yeah, 
how else you might do it. <laughs> you can email us or, or something. Search us, <laughs> you can search send us online. Smoke email. signals. There's no uh, yeah. guarantee that we would see them, but you can do that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if if you want to to send in your opinions or you know send in opinions after you hear our discussion as well, then then we'd be really keen to hear from people. Yeah, absolutely. So our Twitter and Facebook stuff, I think, is at the uh, below the podcast. You should uh, see kind of links to those things. Um, yeah, I should say the date is the 8th of December right now, in case anyone's like listening to this in the future and uh, Tokyo Godfathers is no longer on Netflix because uh, that happens. I, I definitely was burned with that before. I was like, I'll watch that later. And then it's kind of disappeared from Netflix now, so I don't have access to it. I think they're um, kind of, these episodes are like date stamped on the, the platform as well. So. All right, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I... I thought I put that across in quite a quite a caring way. I wasn't meaning to uh, to trample all over your your feelings there. Yeah, maybe it's an element of my own perception that I've kind of put in there. <laughs> all right, is that us? I think so. Okay, um, look after yourself, folks. I uh, hope you enjoy Tokyo Godfathers, uh, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, have a great Christmas, everyone. <laughs>